0: listener production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringoudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better.
1: We're very excited for this episode with Julie Ryan, who is a psychic and intuitive medium. And she refers to herself as a businesswoman who learned how to do woo-woo. woo-woo. We talk about emotions being our internal GPS, what is spirit. We talk about the two-minute rule, how to control thoughts, what Julie sees when identifying medical issues. We talk about pets. We talk about how you can use your intuition to be a muscle, so many more things. You're going to absolutely love this episode of The Wellness Collective. <music> Cecilia, mm. question for you. Please, go ahead. I want to know, do you feel like you have a strong sense of intuition? Yes, I do. Really? Well, they say women's intuition, don't they? Well, they but say mother's intuition. They do. The poor fellas miss out there. They've got nothing. Well, do they?
0: <laughs> I mean, really, let's face it. I, I feel like we're stronger in this kind of area, yeah. just in general. But, you know... I have intuition, yes, and it's funny when you there's there's these moments where things happen. And you're like,
1: wow, whoa, I know what I happened.
0: Know. I have that every day. I look at the clock every day when it <laughs> says one, two, three, four, 12, oh, 34 twelve thirty-four. Every day 12, is that intuition? Yes. I stop and I go, and we look at the clock now. Oh, there it is. One, two, three, four. Why? I what does it that. mean?
1: Not useful. <laughs> Why do you ask? <laughs> Tell me. Well, no, because I really have to say I fought mine for a really long did time. You? Yes, I did. I didn't want to have that. I was always raised being told that that was a bit taboo, that that wasn't. What accepted. Yes. really? Wow. Well, not in, not no. that more like prediction and you oh, know okay. knowing that right. on that sense. So I probably toned mine down for a really long time. And then as a health provider, mm. I would know stuff about patients and You're like sniff a
0: dog, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I'd know <laughs>
1: stuff, and that became a bit confronting, especially if it wasn't something that was great.
0: And yeah. so I kind of
1: I dialed that down for a really long time. And I probably in the last I want to say three years or yeah. four years have really gone, you know what? No, I don't need to dial this down. This is, there's something there. It's my and thing. I've, I'm really keen to learn actually how I even grow that more. But I, I think I our guest thing thing today is going to help you grow it. I know, yeah. I know. And so I'm really excited. <laughs> but the funny thing is I want to say welcome um, Julie Ryan, who is a psychic and medical intuitive. What's really funny mm-hmm. is when I logged in, Julie, to see who our guests were and I saw you, I'm like, I've seen this woman so many times before. And I didn't realize it was you that we were actually interviewing today. And I don't know how or where I've seen you before. Obviously, we're part of some of the same communities, but I was so excited. So thank you so much for joining us.
2: Oh, my delight. Thank you for having me.
1: This is very exciting, I feel. We were very excited to make this happen. We had a few technical We've issues. Technology didn't we? not
0: for girls. This we was definitely not on our side, but girls. here we are. We we <laughs> we persevered and we made it work.
2: So, Julie, let's just and, get, and oh, I'm talking to you real time in the future for me. I know that's even you're more a day fun. ahead of me. Oh
1: yes, I love that. You know, the other night we had that amazing moon. Yes, and I said to friends that I was talking to that next day, I'm like, you have got to watch the moon tonight. And they're like, what do you mean? Do we set? <laughs> do we have it to? Do, is it not now? And I'm like, no, no, we already had it. It was really funny. They couldn't get their head around it. <laughs> we had a preview. <laughs> we had we had the preview. Yeah, or the prelude. Um. Now, let's talk about this, though, because obviously you've, you know, at some point in time worked out that you have this ability. Can you tell us a little bit about your story as, as to the evolution of that?
2: Certainly. I'm a businesswoman and an inventor of surgical devices sold throughout the world I'm a serial entrepreneur who's founded nine companies in five industries. So I'm one of those crazy entrepreneurs. <laughs> and so I tell people I'm a businesswoman who learned how to do woo-woo and I'm a buffet of psychicness.
0: Wow. Oh, wow! S- you tick all the boxes.
2: You do. That's right. That's right. Everybody comes in. I was, I was nodding to myself when you were talking about seeing synchronous numbers, one, two, three, four. That's just spirit letting you know you're in alignment when that happens, when you see a sequence of numbers or you see the same ones all the time. So I learned how to do all of this. And this is what I teach people throughout the world, how to do is how to, how to connect with spirit. And with that, you can take it anywhere you want medical intuition, energy, healing, talking to deceased loved ones, talking to any spirit, whether it's attached to a body or not, whether it's someone you knew or not, doesn't matter. Talking to deceased pets, pets that are alive, telling how close to death somebody is, doing past life stuff. I am truly a, buf, a, buf, a buffet, wow. oh. a buffet of psychicness.
0: Okay, well, and so-
2: and that's what my graduates learn how to do too. My students. Mm, uh, so buffet. before
0: we move on, then you're saying that because I can do the one, two, three, four, and I don't even know why, I can use that in some other way.
2: Absolutely. Well, we all come in with intuition and you're right. I was eavesdropping on your little chit chat before I came on. And and we've all had situations where we think of somebody and all of a sudden they call us or text us or email us, or we run into them and we think, oh, what a coincidence. I was just thinking of you. Well, no coincidence there. That's your intuition at play. And we all have it.
1: Well, that's and my knowing. question. That was my yeah. question. We all have this, right? But I guess some absolutely. Of us, and and you know what? I really find, and I'd love to hear <laughs> this from you. I feel like when I'm in it, I'm really in it, and it's all there. And then, then I can be really out of it if that makes any sense. And it's all gone. And uh-huh. I'm like, hang on, how do I, how do I get back to that again? Like, how do I get back to that place mm. of? You're not in control of it. Well, it's really interesting because I don't know how else to explain it. That when I'm actually in that headspace, then I'm really in that headspace, and it's all there, and it's all happening. Um, whereas when I'm, I can be totally off and just be off. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You turn it on and
2: off at will. And that's what you learn in my class, Mm. but I'll give you some, uh, some little tricks that you can do in the meantime. Love it. Okay, good. And, and our, our thought, our thoughts originate in the ethers and we pull them in based on what we're thinking about. And emotion is our internal GPS system. So we all come in with that. So if we have a thought that feels neutral or good or in alignment with our spirit, when we have a thought that feels badly, we're out of alignment with our spirit and spirit wants us to look at it from a different perspective. So I've come up with this little technique that I call the two minute rule. May I share it with you? Absolutely. All right. The two minute rule goes like this. When we have a thought that feels bad, it's either based in irrational fear which means it's false, it's fake news, I love that term, (laughs) or it's based in a rational fear, which means something's gonna either harm us a lot or kill us. So what we wanna do is we wanna be able to differentiate between the two, and here's how you do it. When you have a thought that feels badly, you say to yourself, is this gonna kill me in the next two minutes? I call it the two minute rule. So if it is, get out of the street before the bus runs you over. (laughs) If it's not, you know it's fake, And what happens is as soon as you ask that question, you raise your vibrational level because intuition and and curiosity are all based in love, which is our spirit's vibration. So as soon as you ask that question, is this going to kill me in the next two minutes? You know, if the answer is no, okay, this is a false fear. Like, oh my gosh, if I don't make this appointment, then I'm not going to have another one for months. And then blah, 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 blah. And we all dig this deep hole for ourselves with one thought leads to another, needs to another, and then it feels awful. So you just want to snap out of it quickly with the two minute roll. Is just going to kill me. If it's not, you know, it's fake. How's this benefiting me? Then you're going to get an answer. And all of the thoughts that we have that come in, all are coming as guidance when we're in alignment, like hmm, maybe I'll send this email. Maybe I'll check this website. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll go here. Maybe I'll have this for breakfast, whatever. But spirit doesn't communicate on the, I feel crappy channels. So when we try and control a situation, when we feel badly, we're trying to control a situation that's not real. So it keeps us on the hamster wheel.
0: Mm, That's a really great way of looking at it. Cause you think about, especially if um, you, it's someone you spend a lot of time with, if they're in a funk, it's easier to always see it in other people rather than yourself, isn't it? But, you know, they're in a funk and they're, things are annoying them and they're getting really stroppy about things that you, from your perspective just don't seem relevant. Like you're saying, if you're not looking out for the the good vibes, <laughs> the positive, it's the well, positive-negative a bit, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and we're taught as young children, to be able to control our emotion when what we want to control is our thoughts. Yeah, We want to control our thoughts. Emotions are, again, an internal GPS that tells us when we're looking at something clearly and when we're not. And why suffer over something that's not even real that we're imagining? Mm. And so it works great. The beauty with this, ladies, is you can use it anytime you want. So it's convenient as long as your brain's with you and your brain's usually with you wherever you are (laughs) and it's free. So it's free and it's Also good at
0: two o'clock in the morning when Mm. you have those ridiculous conversations about or thoughts about a conversation you should or shouldn't have had with somebody, which leads to nothing apart from you being awake for longer than you should be. (laughs) Exactly. I think,
1: yeah, that's, I mean, that I want to touch on, but I want to ask another question before we go any further, because some people will be listening going, what the heck is spirit? What does that mean? What, mm. Or is there another name for it? Is that, can you talk a little bit more to explain to people that might be new to this idea, or maybe they've associated it with another word? Certainly. Spirit to
2: me is pure energy. And when we're very little in first starting school, we learned pretty early on that everything is made of energy. I'm sitting in my office at my big cherry desk and it feels very solid. Well, I know that it's just energy that's vibrating more slowly than the energy we're using to communicate across a vast difference here between the Southeast U.S. and you guys down where you are. So uh, spirit, to me, it can be called God. It can be called the universe. It can be called whatever you want it to be called. But everything's all just energy
1: you can at call the end it- of the day. Bob, if you want, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Bob. Bob, Bob makes the world go round. Absolutely. So, right. so for you, when we talk about, and one of the things that um you mentioned is not just medical devices and being an entrepreneur, but obviously using your uh, abilities for um medical intuition. H- how did you discover that? Mm-hmm. Like, at what point do you like? Oh, actually, kind of think I know stuff.
2: I learned how to do it, and I teach people how to do it.
1: But was there a so, was there a turning I, point for you? Was there something that happened that then, I understand that you learned, but was there often for us there's a standout moment, something happens, something big usually happens and then we're like, oh, actually, or was it just an evolution over time? Well, somebody gave, a
2: girlfriend gave me a book called Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mays. And she, this was almost 30 years ago, and she called herself a medical intuitive. And I thought, what the heck is that? I'd never heard that term before. And I was in the medical industry for a long time, selling hospital supplies and then inventing surgical devices and in that industry. So I was helping people heal, but I was interested in medical intuition. So I read her book and then I went to the library to see if there was something else I could find on this topic. And I ended up in a bookstore because back then we didn't have the internet yet. And I found this book called Hands of Light by Barbara Brennan, who's a former, former NASA physicist who parlayed very complex quantum physics principles into understandable language for the lay person, the non-scientific mind, that would be me. Mm. And I read her book and she talked about using energy to help facilitate healing and again, I wanted to know more. I was being led at that point. I didn't even know why, I just wanted to know more. So I called her school to see if there was somebody in my area who was teaching this stuff. And sure enough, there was. And so I studied with her for six years and paid the equivalent of what I would have paid to get a PhD or an MD, <laughs> quite
0: frankly. Same good at the time. But. Um,
2: Yeah. And so when I started studying with her and started learning how to raise my vibrational level, I was able to see in my mind's eye what it it started out as seeing colors and shapes and things. And then it went into a, a grid, almost like a blueprint of a building. And then it went into being able to see body parts and then watch energetic healings happen. So now that's what I do with people all over the world remotely. I can scan anybody anywhere in the world. And I see in my mind's eye, the equivalent of an x-ray or a CT scanner, an MRI. And then I facilitate energetic healings. It's spirit working through me and with me. And some of the healings are something getting added, something getting removed, I watch procedures all the time that emulate what I saw in the operating room during surgeries for all those years. Sometimes I see healings that utilize methodologies and devices that haven't been invented yet. Wow! And it's really quite astonishing the things that I get to see and what happens when somebody perhaps gets a subsequent x-ray or CT scan and their doctor says, okay, how is it that your liver was so diseased and a month later you've got a normal looking liver on the scan? And uh, I've had many doctors send their patients to me over the years. And I've also had doctors call me and say, okay, what are you doing? And (laughs) how does this stuff work? Yeah. So what I believe I do, it's an adjunct to Western medicine, as we know it, it's part of the healing equation, if you will.
0: So is that a bit of a liability for you? Like, do you have to think about using that skill or if you're in the supermarket and you come across someone and you think you see them and you're like, I can tell that they need a, they've got a tumor in their knee or whatever. Like, does it just come to you like that or is there a process?
2: I turn my abilities on and off at will. I don't walk around scanning people. (laughs) I believe that's an invasion of their privacy, number one. So I'm not going to do it from an ethical standpoint. But also, I don't really want to know, and it's none of my business. Yeah. So I turn my abilities on and off. It takes a nanosecond, and it doesn't require... A lot of schools of thought are you have to meditate for half an hour first or whatever. My stuff's just really easy, and this is how I teach it is, boom, you know, you... I'll have somebody's permission because I'll be talking with them. Or for instance, today I had a mom on the phone. She wanted me to scan her daughter. I'm going to ask the daughter's permission, her spirit's permission telepathically.
1: And if I get a yes, I will. And if I get a no, I won't. I going to say, do you get a no? Like sometimes it's just like, no, sorry.
2: The funny thing is it's usually from little children.
1: That say say, no. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have a conversation there, spirit and my spirit. I'll be like the interpreter, you know, relaying messages to the parent. And normally when we do that for a while, they'll they'll say, give me permission. I can scan them, I just won't because I don't believe it's ethical. Mm. I believe it's an it's an invasion of their privacy. But for instance, if you are talking to somebody that has pneumonia and say, How are you feeling? They're going to tell you what they want you to know. But you're not going to look at their chest x-ray without their permission. and so that's what I'll do is i'll we'll converse with their spirit and they'll let us know what they want us to know and and then we'll go from there. I love it. It's these. a lot of fun.
0: love it. I think as a mother, I have realized that I my children can read my thoughts. It's amazing how many times I'll think something and then one of them will say it or they'll respond mm-hmm. verbally. yeah. And I'll go, I didn't say that out loud. (laughs) You just Ah! knew I was thinking it. And um, a a little while ago uh, I was actually reading a story. I'm glad that you talk about pets because my daughter and I were reading a story. She's eight and we have a cat. And this story was talking about how you can train to speak to your pets, you know, psychically. And so we Mm -hmm. were trying it. And it was about, you know, talking to the cat to say like we're both sitting there on the bed, like not speaking verbally, but trying to connect spiritually with the cat to see if the cat wanted to eat food or get it to come to us. Well, look, the first time it didn't work particularly well. But saying that, I think it's been really interesting this last 18 months, having an animal in the house, because from a spiritual perspective, she's really brought a lot to the rest of us she's calming, you know, she comes and she'll um, sit. She seems to understand when someone needs her or when they don't like it's, and I think it's probably on that level. Am I, am I on the right path?
2: Absolutely. Yes. Pets vibrate at a very high level and they do, you'll match their level uh, of vibration just by having them in the house. And it's kind of like, those of us that are moms, we set the tone in the house. If we're in a bad mood, even if the kids are fine, but we're in a cranky mood, what happens? The kids start acting up. Mm. And mm. it's funny Which when- is the
0: opposite of what one we of
2: actually us, need.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: yeah, but but we think, oh, wait a minute. I have the ability to be angry once in a while. and And in my house, if I was upset about something- My son and my husband will look at me with the old deer in the headlights look like, what's wrong with you? Because it was so rare that I was wound up about something when Jonathan, our son, was little. He's now grown and married. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it was hilarious. You know, the times they can count on their fingers on one hand that I was out of sorts. And Mm. and it's because I use the two minute rule all the time. Because it really right. helps. Right, okay, you.
0: I'll do the two-minute rule. Yeah, <laughs>
2: so I'm it is, telling you think, to rock your world. I,
1: I think that for the majority of us, as we sort of started the conversation saying all of us have this ability, it's just whether or not we know what to do with it or how to use it. I would say the majority of people just second-guess it, so then they don't use it. So then you stop using it, so then you just don't use it. Mm. Do you, would you say that? Yeah. Because I know that, like I said, when I start to really do that and keep on doing it, it just gets easier and easier and easier. So it's kind of like a muscle that we have to practice. Um, but I guess if you're listening and you're like, nah, I can't do that. I mean, where do you start? I know you teach this, but where would be that two minute rule, I guess, is somewhere to start, but embrace the woo woo. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, a couple of things. You're absolutely right. You want to use it because the more you use it, the more validation you get that you're getting correct answers. And then the more you trust it, and then it's just second nature. And you just don't even think about it. You just use it all the time. So the way that it works is you ask a question. You can ask a question to a specific, perhaps deceased loved one, or you want to ask, you want to talk to I don't know, Albert Einstein or Mother Teresa or whomever, you just think of them, that tunes our satellite dish heads to their frequency. Every spirit has their own frequency that they keep throughout all of their lifetimes. So you say something, and if you don't have anybody in particular that you wanna ask, you just ask, is it in my best interest to, is it in my best interest to eat this chocolate chip cookie or this oatmeal raisin cookie? Can you tell dessert's my favorite food group. Yeah.
0: If that's and, a biased answer. And you're though, gonna get it, you know. Yeah. So you're gonna get an answer,
2: and it's gonna come in within a second, as fast as you can snap your fingers. And if you think about it for more than a second, that's gonna be your brain talking to you. A couple of other other tidbits of of uh, points to remember: spirit's really literal, so be very specific if you're looking for advice. And also spirit's always going to answer you with a correct answer and it's never going to feel abusive. Mm. Spirit's never going to say, oh, you're an ugly slob that drools. That's not going to happen because spirit's pure love. Every spirit is pure love. So as far as being specific, an example would be if you say, let's say you're talking to your grandmother and you say, hey, grandma, are we going to enjoy the movie tonight? And you get a yes. And it comes in, you know, boom, right away. And so you guys are watching some movie tonight and it's atrocious. (laughs) And you turn it off after about 10 minutes and you say, "Grandma, what is up with that? Well, the way you ask the question could pertain to any movie you're gonna see throughout the rest of your life. So perhaps you wanna say, are we gonna enjoy XYZ movie on XYZ channel this evening? See the difference. So they're always going to give us a correct answer, but how applicable it's going to be is going to be predicated on how we ask the question.
1: Let's change lanes slightly, sort of. <laughs> We're still talking about, well, you actually are talking about um, someone that has been here and is no longer um, physically here, but let's talk about dying because do people really have near death experiences. Is that what actually happens?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, There's so much research that's been done on that of people from all nationalities, all education levels, all socioeconomic levels that all correlate with one another as far as the information that they report experiencing or having had experience really resonates with people from a totally different culture on a totally different side of the world. Yes, absolutely.
1: And can we talk about what this universal, some of these same experiences have been? Like, I mean, you hear about being able to be above yourself or a tunnel Mm -hmm. or a light Mm or these are the sorts of things that you're talking about?
2: They are. And I have what I've come up with that I call the 12 phases of transition. And it's what everybody goes through as they're dying, whether they die instantly, like in the case of a homicide or a suicide, or whether their death is very prolonged. Like I have many clients whose families contact me and they've had Alzheimer's or some other degenerative disease. And it's like they're dying for a Mm. year or Mm -hmm. or longer. There was a, Mm -hmm. a gal that called into my show for two years and her dad had Alzheimer's and he was, he took him two years to pass. So the phases of transition are how our spirit exits our body because the spirit and the body are joined and that they separate when somebody dies, how we're surrounded by deceased loved ones and also angels and the spirits of deceased pets. And it, I believe a lot of the near-death experience experiences that have been reported corroborate what I talk about in the 12 phases of transition in that the spirit exits the body through the top of the head. That would be the tunnel going through. And as I perceive it, it hangs on to the top of the head in a bubble configuration, kind of like a cartoon caption where the words or the character's thoughts are. And so that's phase one. And then the mother the maternal spirit that's closest to the person who's dying, she comes in first. She runs the show. She brings in angels. She brings in other deceased loved ones. So for instance, my mother's deceased. If I was dying right now, it would be my mother's spirit who would be running the show. If she was still alive, it would be my maternal grandmother. If she was still alive, it would be her mother. Wow. It's always on the maternal line. What a lovely which idea. Which is interesting.
0: Mm Yeah.
2: We think we're done with our kids when they're raised. We're not. We're helping them from the grave, you know, and we're helping them transition. It's really a glorious, glorious sequence of events that I get to see. And, and again, my, my graduates do too Mm. on the 12 phases and they're on my website, Ryan.com. The illustrations are there. So anybody can go and look at them and it shows what happens? This circle of angels shows up, and as the person's getting closer and closer to death, the circle opens up into a horseshoe, and then eventually a straight line across the patient's feet or the person who's dying's feet. And remember, time doesn't exist in the spirit world. So again, this this can be all twelve phases within less than a nanosecond, or it can be prolonged over days, weeks, months. Do
0: you find or longer. that if you, I mean. It's, it's tricky when we talk to people like you who, you know, you, you, in this world that a lot of people may not access into. And I guess you're seeing mostly people who believe or are open to ideas that are a little bit kind of left of centre. I love it. But I was thinking, does this kind of idea of the 12 steps, does that resonate with people that might be a little bit sceptical because you have stepped it out so clearly?
2: Well, it does. And actually uh, there's been research that's been published by an MD, PhD in New York, who's head of a hospice, big hospice organization there. And he's done university-based research on 1400 patients at the end of their lives, 88%, so close to 90% of whom Report seeing their deceased loved ones' spirits either in visions or dreams as they're approaching the end of their life, mm. and it really correlates just perfectly with the twelve phases. So I laugh. I he and I <laughs> have become friends. His name's Chris Kerr, and I tease him. I say my my side is the spiritual side, so I'm the yin, and his side's the medical and the research side, so he's the yang. But yes, very extensive research on this and he's continuing it. So it just corroborates everything that I talk about. So people who say, Oh, I don't believe in that. It's fine. And and it's interesting when I come up with things that there's no way I could know. There was a woman who's a client whose mother's dying in California. And she emailed me this morning and she said, what phase is my mom in? And I told her, and I said, there are a bunch of farm animal spirits around your mom with all the deceased loved ones. Did she grow up on a farm or does she live on a farm? She said she grew up on a farm. Yeah. Wow. Mm, So, you know, there's no way, I've never met her mom. I don't even know what her mom's name is. I connected to her and then from her, from her to her mom energetically. And so things like that, my book has lots of stories in it. Angelica attendance has lots of stories in it about families with whom i would worked and the, really miraculous moments in the information that I received that there's no way I could have known. No. Hmm.
0: And just quickly, you mentioned dreams. How how poignant are the things that appear in our dreams to us? Because I know when, when you wake up during the dream sort of makes it feel more vivid, but I'm always fascinated by the things that, that you think about and how sometimes it doesn't leave you that dream that you've had mm-hmm.
2: well dr- spirits come to visit during dreams and how you know that it's a visit versus a dream is is it's so real that the colors and the sensations are like in triple high d and sometimes you'll you'll wake up and the hair on your arms will be standing Mm. up or the hair on the back of your neck. All of us have felt that at some point. And that's what you're feeling is you're feeling that spirit's really high vibration. That's what causes that hair on your arms or the back of your neck to stand up. But dreams in general, a couple of points, I think that are interesting. One is dreams are a way for us to work out and work through things without having to experience them. That's number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, I believe that dreams, we travel, we do what's called astral travel. So our spirit can travel. So we're, we're experiencing things in different realities. And when we have a dream and we're trying to make sense of it, sometimes it's hard to do that because we're trying to make sense of something from a different reality. And we don't have a frame of reference for it in this reality.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I love this idea. I first heard a, a, or sort of dived into this after well, I can't remember which one of Wayne Dyer's books that I was reading and talking about the dream state. Um, but you know, I went through a phase, and it was you know, often we don't sleep well when we're really stressed. It's it's yeah, when stress spills into sleep, we kind of it's it's a bit of a warning sign for me at least with patients. But I have never had issues sleeping. I've always been a great sleeper. But when you're faced with insomnia, all of a sudden it can be really frustrating. And I mean, I know it's frustrating at the best of times. I think when you're used to sleeping, however, there's this particular um, Mm -hmm. heightened sense of frustration. Yeah. And so I went going, I probably went through a year and a a period of about a year and a half of not sleeping properly. Um, And at first I resisted it. And then I got to a point where I, I would wake up and I'd be like, "Huh, okay, we're here again so what is it that I need to process right now that clearly I can't process at any other time and started to really welcome in the idea of being awake for a reason. What do I need to process? What do I need to think about? And and sort of saying to my body, okay, I understand that you can't do this at any other time. You need space to do it and trusting that this was the time to do it. And then sometimes you get all sorts of answers if you really allow yourself to and other times you're like, okay, I'm no better off for being <laughs> awake right now. But one of the things I started doing was Then saying, okay, and I do somehow have this ability and I guess we probably all do at some point or I guess it's about being aware of going, okay, that's enough of that now. I actually do need to go back to sleep. This is a bit silly at this point and, and deciding I'm going back to sleep. And so then I started doing this thing where I'd be like, okay, well, just if I can't figure it out in my waking state, please, can you figure it out in my dream state? What do I need to learn? Can you show me in a dream? Oh, so you flipped it on its head. Do you know how often I would actually, and I cannot tell you I would wake up knowing that I'd solved something, but I couldn't even tell no. you what it was. <laughs> oh, <damn laughs> so it. So it was like in my dream I knew, oh, yeah, this is actually solving this. I'm so grateful for that. And then I'd wake up and go, I know I just solved things, but I don't know what I, I just couldn't solved.
0: couldn't hold on yes. to it. Mm. Yes.
1: But dreams are fascinating and I just being open to seeing or learning something from a dream I think is particularly Useful and maybe a really great place for someone to start if this is all just like so much woo for them and they're like, I don't know what to do. Good woo. I know it is good woo. Uh, One other thing I want to say though, Livy keeps waking at the moment and she keeps telling me her dreams are so strong she can't remember what happened yesterday. She keeps saying it to me all the time. She said it to me this morning again. She goes, My dream was so strong, mum. I don't even know what happened yesterday. I'm like, I don't even know what to say to her. Does Julie know? What do you say to that? Does she remember the dream? She she usually does remember the dream. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but she keeps saying it to me all the time. And the other day she was in the car and she actually started crying. She said, and it was at the end of the day, she said, I'm so sick of these dreams and I'm so sick of not being able to remember yesterday. Does she tell you what's happening in the dream? Mm. I don't always ask though. How how old is she? 13.
2: Okay, so teach her the two-minute rule. Yeah, right, okay. Because she's getting stressed out about it, so she's Mm. trying to control it. And she's trying to control it because she's afraid of it. Mm. And so like what you did, bravo, you just said, okay, I'm awake. What is it I'm processing? I just think it's fantastic
1: because we just resist insomnia so much. And Mm. it is frustrating if you can't sleep. But it really actually made me look forward to the times where I would wake up because I knew it was a really – Um, it was my time. There was no one else impacting that. There was no one else around. There was no other noise or it was my time. So I was like, okay, it's my time to process whatever that is right now or listen for a solution or listen to hear something that I couldn't figure out in my waking hours. I think there's something particularly also interesting about, you know, when we're sleeping where there's this subconscious state that we are operating from and the subconscious being able to bring it to the present. So I don't know, it's just something that I've played with and find and I I teach it to patients all the time now um, because it removes the pressure of not sleeping. Yeah. And then the other part of it is we then tell ourselves I'm going to be tired tomorrow if I don't sleep. Yeah. And I never feel tired the next day if I've had to wake up and do that. I actually feel just exactly the same as if I'd had a full night's sleep.
2: Well, and that, that all goes back to the limiting belief that you have to have eight to 10 Mm. hours of Mm -hmm. sleep or you're going to get sick and you're not, you
1: know, (laughs) someone made that up somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
2: Probably somebody's selling something that, you know, was going to be beneficial if you did that pillows. There you go. But I think the other thing too, is we can do. And, and it sounds like you're doing it too. We can. I will do this if I have to get up early to catch a plane or mm-hmm. something. I'll say, okay, I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m. and I'm going to be completely well rested and and have lots of energy during the day. So we can we can set up with intention, intentional. We can do intentional dreaming or like what you mentioned. Okay, I've got this situation. I show me what the solution to this situation is.
1: So just on that um point, I've spent the last, how well, up until COVID traveling back and forth from the US for two and a half years. Yeah, the
0: queen of jet lag, aren't oh, well, you? Well, see, mm. here's the thing.
1: if ta- if th- This is part of the hack. Mm. <laughs> people would say, how do you do that? You, you just, what, you get off the plane and you go to work? I'm like, yeah, because you just work it out. Like you, you, it's part of what we're talking about. It is a little bit of a hack. It's not as hard as what we think, but it's a matter of what we tell ourselves. Um, and so that's that's probably part of stepping off a plan and going to work. I'm not a superhuman. It's just how you think about it. Yep. <laughs> just keeps winning. Can I, did May it I give you winning. another hack? Yeah. Yes. May
2: I give you another hack too? Ground yourself. When you get there, if you can, step barefoot on cement or sand or grass, wherever you end up, and it will immediately get you into that time zone and eradicate any jet lag. It's amazing how well
1: that works. Yeah. Wow. Lots of great hacks. I'm going to give you a hack too. Go on. If you're going
0: on a plane to somewhere where there's a pool at the other end, make sure you've got your bathers in your carry-on luggage. (laughs) There you go. Because you want to jump (laughs) straight in. Yeah. (laughs) Worst thing ever is if they lose your luggage and you have to stand there looking at a swimming pool going, I can't get in. I'm grounding my
1: feet. I'm not jet lagged, but I can't get in the pool. Julie, you've got some resources that are available. Would you like to let our our listeners know where to find these?
2: Certainly. As a gift to your listeners, if any of you would like my book, Angelic Attendance, What Really Happens as We Transition from This Life into the Next, or you would like one or both of my children's books, if you have kids or grandkids, just go to askjulieryan.com forward slash. Ask hyphen Julie, and and hopefully you can put this link up on the show notes, and then just say, "Hey, I heard you on the show, and I'd love a copy of your book, and we'll send you a digital and audiobook version as a gift." And I hope you enjoy them.
1: Amazing, love yeah. Love I'm that. We'll that definitely put mm. that in the notes and everywhere else for people to access. Yep. Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. This mm. has been—I was so excited—and then. <laughs> We almost didn't make the podcast work through whatever reasons of the powers that be, but we did it. We got it done. I'm so glad we did. So thank you for creating the time. (laughs) I know, totally. It was meant to be.
2: Wonderful. What a delight to be with both of you. And thanks so much for having me as a guest.
1: Awesome. All right. Um, I can't wait to read your book. I know I can't yeah. either. good. Look. Oh, we're strange creatures. We but are I very love strange that we creatures. find
0: people that think about how strange and wonderful we are in yes. different ways all the
1: time. Oh my god, look at the time. Look at the time team. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have to take a photo of you and the and, and how do I make this happen? Because here you go. Uh, I'll just take a photo for our like just for brief here. I'll yes. Ha- See Wednesday. Yes. Wednesday. It's Wednesday the eighth, 9th. <laughs> Whatever, 9th of Wednesday, the 9th? Yep. There you PAO, go. One, two, three, Hilarious. Four. That's so funny. I have to work
0: out how I harness that skill because it really feels like it owes, just benefits me in no way whatsoever.
1: Mine's just cliche. I always say like the one, 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 one. Mm. 11, 11. I always say what
0: that. What does that give you? I don't
1: know. Anyway. <laughs> it so. gives you superpowers. Oh yeah. Win the <laughs>
0: lotto. That's what you want.
1: Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed this episode. We mm-hmm. at the moment are seeking reviews. We're that just we're, putting out yes. a
0: adver- advert advert yes. advertisement. Also, we need a subscriber drive for our, you know, if you want some insta giggles, go on. If you're an Instagrammer. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Be sure to share. Any yes. of the any of the lol. The lot. The lols. There's lots lots of lols. And the, the lols are always good. And um, yeah. maybe sit and have a chat with your cat and dog. I love that. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, your lemon tree. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about the spirituality of plants. I know we didn't, but, but you, I guess you know, we used the to energy. But
1: I And I'll be like, what are you doing? I'm just talking to the trees out the back. My lemon tree. You? yeah.
0: Yeah, trees are good.
1: Trees are great. People yeah. are going to think we're well, so bonkers if they're listening to this. But I'm telling you, <laughs> the thing is, it's you can't overthink it, right? You ask the tree a question and it's whatever you hear first. And if you don't hear anything or it's just, you know, too contrived, you're like, yeah, no, nah, that didn't work.
0: You're like, yeah, my brain... Overrode what the tree I was telling
1: us. Really. No, I've, I've definitely had conversations with the lemon tree. Yeah. Did you oh. touch it? Because no, I don't need to touch it. Just no, looking at it standing in front of it. No, you've got to put your hand oh. on the tree.
0: Oh, and then you get the, the whole tree. energy of oh, the
1: like the cupping, not the cupping, the tr- cupping the
0: lemon, cupping the lemon, cupping the lemons in a
1: <laughs> weird. rude uh-huh. kind of fashion. Okay. Well, yes. Yeah, so lucky we're not talking about fig trees because they <laughs> grow in twos. like. You know what they look like, don't you? Oh, yes, <laughs> wow. All right, that's enough. What All right, right. people, we've got to let the people go, but please do leave us a review. We'd love to read. We love mm. reading them out. Um, and and like- download the books. Oh, How yes. generous. Yes. Yeah, love it. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Thanks, All Julie. Yes, thanks, Julie. Thanks, Natalie. Oh, thank you, Cecilia. So Truly. Formal. Pleasure's all ours, uh, hers, whoever's. <laughs> um, we do hope that you have enjoyed this episode of The yes, Wellness Collective. Yes, Yes, yes good. and uh, until next time. We hope this episode has left you feeling happier, healthier and better.
2: Listener.